Welcome to Fist of the South Side. My name is Chris, and this is my podcast on martial arts and self-defense. Today I wanted to cover self-defense tools, or weapons. Uh, I'm not going to go in-depth into each of them. I'm just going to give you a broad overview. And I will point out that any weapon or tool which you carry, you really want to put some training in on. Uh, You can't just assume you'll know how to use it and that it will work correctly under stress. Um... This is a big thing that people have problems with is that they don't train to get out, they don't train to use it, and that means, you know, let's say you've got pepper spray and the person shoves you down and they're kicking you. Can you get your pepper spray out of your pocket while this is happening? If you've never practiced it, you're going to have a hard time. Um, So understand, part of your practice is getting to your tool and being able to get in the right, you know, right position. It's a folder knife. You have to get folded open without cutting yourself to pieces. Um, you got to get your grip, and then you got to be able to use it. So whatever it is, can you get to it, and can you do it under stress? Um, we can look at uh, tools or weapons of self-defense on a spectrum. On one end, uh, they are things that help you if you have training and conditioning. On the other end, they are things where the weapon does most of the damage. And, uh, you know, it's kind of whole bunch of stuff in between, but it's worth thinking about in terms of what you might need. So uh, I'll point to one common thing that people will try and sell, which is they sell these little uh, Kubaton sticks that go onto your keychain. Most of them are made of like aluminum or a light wood. And they have the advantage that they are hard, so you can hit someone with it and not hurt your hand. But they're usually not heavy, which means you lose a lot of force. And uh, they'll show stuff like neat tricks where you can press someone in a point, pressure point, and they're in pain. Or you can get a, a grip, you know, a lock on them better using it as an extra leverage. And, and that's true, but that basically requires a pretty good level of training to begin with. Uh, it's not something that's going to work for you if you don't have self-defense, self-defense and martial arts training to be able to use these things to begin with. So I don't find those to be really helpful. Um, same thing, like, they'll have, like, basically these little pseudo-disguised brass knuckle things, which are, like, it looks like a little cat shape or something. You can, it's on your, it's on your keychain, and you can put your fingers through and hit people with it. And to be sure, hitting people with pointy parts um, is pretty nasty and will potentially do more damage. But again, because it's lightweight, you're not getting the weight from it. Also, the fact is, those are illegal in a lot of places because those do count as brass knuckles. Um, actual legit brass knuckles, like made of brass or some other heavy metal, those are illegal almost everywhere because those smash bones. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying they shouldn't be illegal, but if I pretty much had free reign of my non-gun choices, brass knuckles would probably be it. Don't require a lot of training. You hit someone hard with it, you break some bones, fight's going to end real quick. Um, But since they are illegal, uh, you need to consider your other options. Um, A lot of people, you know, carry knives now. Uh, The knife industry is also selling a lot of stuff. And, you know, knives indeed are deadly weapons. They can kill people. However, the way in which they hurt and kill people is not necessarily the way you imagine or that shows up on TV. Uh, in TV and the movie, someone gets stuck once in the belly and they fall over holding their gut, and they're done. Most people who have been stabbed have reported feeling no pain. So if they're not feeling any pain, you can't count on them to stop attacking you because you've stabbed them. And 
unless you stab them in certain places, it may take a long time for them to actually lose enough blood to get weak to stop attacking you. So if someone beats you to death or puts you in the hospital, and then 20 minutes after the fact they bleed out and die, you haven't been made any safer. So uh, understand that. And this is me, as someone who studied 13 years in a blade art, telling you this, uh, that uh, if you do study any real blade art, one of the things they will teach you is overkill. That is to say, they'll teach you to keep attacking, keep breaking bones and limbs with grapples, and keep stabbing and stomping uh, long after you think it should be done because they assume that the person is going to be able to keep fighting back quite some time. Obviously, you know, you do it right. You don't have to keep going, but you prepare with that eventuality in mind. So, knives are a better offensive weapon than a defensive weapon. Not only that, they're hard to defend in a court of law. Um, and, you know, unless you're in a real life or death situation, it's pretty hard to defend using lethal force. Uh, so, what do I usually recommend along the lines of weapons that uh, work with better with training, you know, that enhance your, your training in self-defense? I point people to flashlights. Uh, you can get yourself a nice 6-inch or 8-inch flashlight, very small, um, fits in your pocket, fits in your purse, fits in your jacket, wherever, and uh, easy to grab, easy to use, doesn't weigh too much. Um, they are relatively heavy for their size, which is good because then you get, like I said, that smashing effect, and uh, they're cheap. They're like 20 bucks. 20 bucks, um, you know, you can get a couple and put them in different places. They don't count as weapon. You know, don't get the big honking, you know, three-foot freaking super flashlight used by, like, security guards that very clearly can break skulls. Get, get you know, the small one that you carry around, and uh, if you need to use it, it's there for you. And you can use simple hammer fist techniques and get a lot from it. It's also just useful because you'd be surprised how often a flashlight just comes in use, even in a fairly urban situation. Um, you have a power edge, you need a flashlight. Some fall into your car, get a flashlight. I work in an office, and crap's always, like, going on underneath the desk. Ah, crap, the computer, you know, needs to get plugged in this way or that way, or, you know, all kinds of things. Um, the basement doesn't necessarily have good enough lighting here. Let me bust out the flashlight. So it's a good tool. It's also one of those things where if you haven't had to use it in an actual altercation, uh, no one's going to accuse you of carrying a weapon. Uh, people are not out here mugging people with flashlights. So it is safer for you if you are a marginalized person who is likely to get harassed by police. Um, not perfect, because again, uh, if Skittles can count as a gun to these folks, you know, or iced tea or whatever the hell, you know, your skin tone's too dark, so I guess you, they thought you had a gun. Everything counts as a gun to them. But, you know, you're just trying to play the odds as best as you can. And a flashlight is a relative, you know, is in an in an innocuous tool. So, that's the one I recommend. Uh, we can go to stuff like stun guns. Stun guns are, you know, I haven't looked at the stats, but I'm assuming they're pretty effective. Um, a high jolt of electricity will probably leave someone not doing too well. Uh, not 100% guaranteed, but better odds. Don't have to be strong. You don't have to have special skills. You do need to be able to get the stun gun out. You do need to be able to touch the person with it and have it activated. 
and that may not be easy. Um, if someone's throwing you down and kicking you, like I said, can you get out and can you use it? Um, obviously, for the purposes of training, don't actually stun gun the people you're training with. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's not good for people's hearts. Uh, but you do want to practice, you know, can I even get out and then turn on while they're doing all this? Uh, that's a thing worth considering. Uh, this is true of tasers as well. Um, tasers only have a limited number of shock darts, so you also have to practice your targeting and knowing what your range is. Um, and of course, then there's pepper spray. Um, pepper spray, I looked at some studies, pepper spray works really good under, under one specific thing that you have to remember. If you spray someone in the face with pepper spray, it works really good. Uh, not guaranteed to stop someone, not guaranteed to stop their ability to, to, to thrash you or try and do something, but it makes their life a lot harder. And uh, I saw a video where someone took down a mass shooter by pepper spraying in the face, then wrestling the gun away from them, and then, you know, basically threw the gun in another room, came back and, you know, basically locked the guy up because he couldn't get up and do much while he was pepper sprayed. So, uh, pepper spray is good, but you got to be able to get out, get the pin out, aim it, and use it, and uh, you have to do this while under duress. So, even though these tools, like stun guns and pepper spray, do most of the work for you, you know, in terms of, it's not your strength, it's the what the tool itself does, you need to be able to get out and use it. So, that's the part you need to train. So, anything you're using for self-defense, you need to be able to practice with to be able to use it when you need it. Uh, one of the things I've seen a lot recently that uh, makes a lot more sense, and I'm probably going to practice more with it myself, is in terms of makeshift weapons. People using things like jackets or backpacks or purses, things which are cloth, um, and it's because you always have them around you. You know, if you always have something like that around you, it's worth playing around with. Not an ideal tool, but something you can use. You can find video of people using these things, not just in a demonstration, but actual assaults to protect themselves. And these aren't people who are like kung fu masters and have done this for like 10 years. These are people who are just like, he's got a knife, I need to stop that. You know, I need to not get cut. I'm going to throw my jacket around his arm and then I'm going to wrestle the knife away. And people have done that. And one guy took off his shoe and put it over his forearm to basically serve as a shield against the knife. Um... Growing up, I had, you know, had some hood folks, and they're like, hey, we're going to throw a backpack, you know, around our arm like a shield, so we don't have to take as many cuts, and that, then we're going to wrap these straps around their arm and basically get the knife away. Uh, you know, there's basically desperate people coming up with solutions. So if desperate people can come up with solutions and make it work, uh, practice can only make you better if you are in that situation. So, worth considering. The self-defense industry is all about making money. They will try and sell you a billion and one things. Tactical this, tactical that. Uh, for the most part, most of that stuff is just overpriced. You can probably find a cheaper equivalent thing or a thing that is actually better and more practical. So just be wary. Don't, don't think this is primarily a financial investment. You only need a few things, and you need things that you can reliably use and carry around with you which may change based on where you're at. Um, you know, different cities have different laws, uh, different states, and of course, like, if you're at a school or a government building, they may have restrictions on what you can carry, period, regardless of anything else. 
Um, as you start looking at these laws, you will notice that there is many things which are ridiculous and make no sense. And then there are some things that make a ton of sense, um, but only if you look at the history of them. Uh, for example, uh, knives used to be a lot more common in New York, and there was tens of thousands of people getting hospitalized or killed every year. And they decided to outlaw switchblades and knives above a certain length. And casualty rates plummeted. Like, plummeted. So, apparently, making it hard to get weapons stops people from getting hurt. Who would have thought? Um, but, like, literally, I'm out here in the Bay, and it's easier to get a gun. Uh, it's easier to legally get and carry a gun than it is for me to carry a stick for self-defense. And I'm not even talking like a huge Gandalf, you know, Kung Fu stick. I'm talking like a stick as long as my forearm, you know. I am not legally allowed to carry a stick as long as my forearm for self-defense. Um, which I think is interesting. Like, I'm sure they just want people to stop fighting in the streets, or maybe they were afraid that people were going to hit the cops or whatever. But uh, sticks, you know, sticks are dangerous, but not nearly as dangerous as a gun. And yet, one of these is something I can carry and the other isn't. So, do your research. Uh, consider what makes sense for you, given your phys physical ability and the training you have. And then, you know, what you can carry. And whatever you get, practice it. Um, and if you're doing this before you go to uh, train at a school or in some program, the fact that you already have the tools that you prefer, you can talk to your teacher or to their students and say, here's the self-defense tools I carry I would like to focus on these, and they can help you get up to speed with it quicker. So, things to think about, even if you're untrained, um, most of these things are not difficult to use conceptually. Just practice using them, and it will help you a lot. As always, you can send questions to yellowsun at earthlink.net, Y-E-L-O-S-O-N, and uh, stay safe out there.